0: Just stumbled into a bonus rebroadcast of my recent appearance as a guest on cal Callahan's podcast the great unlearn wherein we discuss a plethora of tantalizing topics including using childhood trauma to learn important lessons and make ourselves better the importance of lived experiences in addition to intellectual education the belief that we can incarnate into our chosen lineage radical open-mindedness in the midst of moments of pain and discomfort untethering from our daily microdramas How to Reroute a Cascade of Negative Emotions, and so much more. In recent months, Cal has become a great friend here in my new hometown of Austin, Texas. He's a man of inspiration and integrity, and it brings me great joy to share this conversation with you. And rest assured, we'll be back this Tuesday for episode 382, Feeling Free, Legal Plant Medicines for the Journey of Life with Jerry Ross. In the meantime, make sure to protect yourself from that nasty blue light with my brand new eyewear brand, Gilded. Blue light exposure is a huge problem, but thanks to Gilded, you can easily fix it and look cool at the same time. Just go to GildedByLukeStory.com and grab yourself a pair. That's G-I-L-D-E-D, GildedByLukeStory.com. Okay, enjoy this show, and if you dig it, tell a friend.
1: Dude, so lots, lots to talk about, and I know we're only going to talk about a little bit of it but you may not remember this. You were coming out here for Paleo FX last year and Kyle connected us and you were so gracious to say yes to my podcast, which you didn't know anything about me. It's like friend of Kyle's, yeah, done. And then obviously Paleo FX got canceled, uh, which I'm not glad it did, uh, but I'm glad that we're sitting down now because now I actually know you. Yeah, true. And uh, true. you're kind of a perfect example for me Of someone that i've known about and who moved to austin and you and i were probably again you wouldn't know this because you didn't know who i was we were probably at three different events before we met and the old me would have like totally angled like it'd be now be a good time to go introduce myself to luke or just meet him at the fucking snack or drink table or whatever and i didn't you know because i'm like I, whoever I'm meant to know and meet, I will in due time. And then we met when you came here for the event that we hosted. Yeah. yeah. It was perfect because Peyton happened to be outside, met you and Allison, And then I came out and we got to meet and connect a little bit. And again, just like allowing for things to unfold as they're supposed to is, uh, is just a great reminder to me that I love the way that we've gotten to know each other. And, uh, we've got to spend a lot of time together at, again, different events. You've been at the, the Wednesday workout here several times. And, uh, only the only times you miss is when you have, <laughs> you have work to do on the house that you're, the, uh, the never ending renovations
0: yeah, <laughs> for which I have to remind myself to be grateful. You know, I'll start to whine about that to myself. Cause I miss things I want to do, but, uh, yeah, sometimes. Actually, sometimes I'm relieved when I miss the Wednesday workout because I'm like, I can't do it. Oh, well. <laughs> Dude, I know. It's not because of me,
1: but they're, they're pretty brutal. Today was a little yeah. bit of a ball kicker because we had some groups of two and a lot of groups of three. And I happen to be in a group of two, which is not necessarily my preference. I'm not trying to get my ass kicked on Wednesday. I want to be there in the, the company of, I think today we had 40 plus men and share the work and, you know, get a little sweat in, but I was like fucking every three minute work session
0: where we had the minute rest. I was like, fuck, like I need a little more rest. It was, it was hard today. That's what Khalil told me about last week. He's like, oh man, it was brutal today. I'm like, same thing last week. I had a 9am uh, GC meeting. So I missed that, but I love it, dude. You know, it's the community here is just incredible. And it's uh, I think something that's unique. And you know, I know we want to get to the meat of the combo, but what I find intriguing about what you've put together with the the workouts uh, is that you have a lot of really fit, high testosterone men in one place. Yet there's a definitive lack of com- competition or ego or any kind of clickiness. Like everyone is very warm, open, and receptive which is I think more palpable for me. Cause I never played sports. I never really went to the gym. Like I was never like a jock, a fitness guy. I was always a total outcast of that yet, you know, my brand and lifestyle is about being healthy. So I've found ways to integrate fitness in a way that works for my personality, but being with 40 hyped up guys would not be the choice that I would intuitively make. To get that fitness in, fuck yeah! So it's uh, it's been really it's been really good for me in that way uh, of just working through that discomfort of grunting and loud music and like ah that's kind of antithetical to my nature in some ways to just embrace that beast within me even though it's buried down there to find that so it's been really. Uh, been really lovely to have that experience so thank you yeah
1: no it's been it's been great to you know kind of birth it and then have all the men that have come through help co-create what it's become which has been i mean frankly for me i i was a solo workout guy for years and i would have never fucking attended one of those let alone host one of them it just didn't it, it wasn't how i wanted to train and as as i have kind of gotten older and wiser and tuned into what i really need i do need some physical aspect of my life it feels really good right i think it's it's that's pretty much undeniable but when i layer in how can this be fun how can i just be excited about working out because working out solo wasn't fun anymore I started to realize that i was doing it for a bunch of different reasons that, that weren't towards longevity. That was what I was saying I was doing, but I was like trying to max out on these Olympic lifts and back squat and kicking my ass. And there felt like there was a layer of purpose to it, but it, it, it was an unconscious part of me. I believe that I was trying to build up and arguably much like people who get fat and hide in that kind of fat suit. I was just hiding behind the muscle and uh, I was really good at doing that. And people thought that was really cool that I was so fit at my age. So that just fed it until I realized that it was feeding something that I didn't want to be fed anymore. And, uh, this right now is such a great representation of connecting purpose to joy. And, uh, you know, and it's just, it's become a space for men who aren't, don't feel safe around other men. Right. And uh, I think I can speak freely here. I'll just use Khalil as an example. I mean, he's, he's if, if he's upset that I, I say this, well, fucking come on, bro, I just read your book. Like, this, this. So uh, I'll say that caveat, but he just, you know, m- like a lot of people would never jump into that workout, but he came on that Saturday when David Nurse was in town and there was a small group of us who worked out. And he's like, I tried every excuse. I was talking about my shoulder my leg, my whatever. And no one was buying it. And we're just like, oh yeah, just, we'll just make adjustments. And just, it's just do whatever, do whatever you can. He's like, I don't like being around sweaty guys. The guy's going <laughs> to touch me. And, and he's in there fucking hugging guys and sweaty and doing the work. And, and so for him, it, it, it opened up a side of him where he felt uh, safe around other men. Yeah. I think that's very common.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a group of guys that's very unique. I think in terms of people that want to be fit and push weight and move around, but are also doing a lot of inner work. So I think it's kind of a, it's a great model of healthy masculinity, right? Where you're embracing that, but at the same time, there's an open heartedness to it, which is what is, um, Oftentimes, missing from boys' experience with masculine energy, masculine energy that I was exposed to as a kid was, for the most part, pretty harmful and, if not harmful, terrifying. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. because the male caregivers that I was um, around were relatively unconscious, you know, and so, and I think Khalil probably shares that uh, in, in in a similar way as well, and and many guys do so those of us that have had that experience for me, I boomeranged way into my feminine side when I was younger and was into music and art and creativity, which I love, but those are largely more feminine energy. You're giving birth to things and you're in that fluidity of emotion and uh, of creativity. And so This has been a great opportunity for me to kind of find that balance and build a new relationship with that energy because we all need, I mean, men and women need that warrior energy at times, right? It's a matter of finding uh, a way to live within balance where you have some self awareness and some mastery over which energies are needed at different times because I need that creative energy a lot to do what I do. But then if I didn't have the masculine proactive energy driving it at times, then I would just be. Creating the art that I do, and no one would know. Yeah, <laughs> right. So yeah. So anyway, it's it's cool. I think it's a really unique and special thing, and also just a general practice. I think that is um, not only beneficial for the individual, but also for the collective, because we need strong, open-hearted men more than ever, especially kids. I mean, you're a dad. I would, i shudder at what would have happened if I had become a dad earlier on when I was so out of balance in terms of the energetics. If I would have had a daughter, I wouldn't have been able to respond in the ways that I would. Now, if I would have a son, I don't know how I would model, what I think is a balanced, fully integrated man, and that's, yeah. that's the goal, you know, is to have strength, but to have heart.
1: Uh, well, I would say arguably I, I, uh, I can tell you what I did. I was largely unconscious for, for many years as a parent. And it wasn't until maybe three, three and a half years ago when I started to see the world way differently. You know, and, and a big part of that was being in Las Vegas at the, the mass shooting in 2017. And then less than a month later doing my first uh, psilocybin journey. Just like woo, everything, everything <laughs> like everything crumbled. The whole belief system, yeah. uh, you know, was a house of cards. And, and luckily, uh, I was held by largely men in that space. Kyle Kingsbury being the the main person who really showed up for me and and allowed me to feel safe in the curiosity that I was exploring because everything that I thought was true was potentially not. Uh, and, and so as I've been on this journey, even in the last six months, man, I mean, I've been, I've been kind of on this awakening for three and a half years, but the last six months I've stepped into a part of fatherhood that I, I, I didn't know was there. And, and it's Because I've integrated that feminine side, that real loving side, that accepting side of each of my kids, who they are, see them for who they are, what can I do to support that? Not put them on a path that I think is best for them, because we don't fucking know. It's all based on arguably our past and trying to avoid the shit that was scary in us. And I just had this amazing moment yesterday when I recorded a podcast with Eric Godsey. Do you know Eric?
0: I know of him. We, I don't think we've met yet. Uh, he's love
1: him. Um, after the podcast, there was something I wanted to share with him. Some, some tension with my dad. And, uh, he took me through a practice of how, when my dad uh came with his anger and made me feel stupid and like a fuck up what that actually did in me is, is 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 turned me into a really high achiever and so while I didn't like feeling like that my response to that was not to play victim but was to prove to him that I wasn't a fuck up and the reason I bring that up And I say, uh, uh, and I want to be clear that I have such gratitude because my dad didn't know another way. He was never taught. He was never modeled how to uh, express fear in a way that's healthy. When he felt fearful that I was doing something that wasn't right, he only knew anger and oppressiveness. Um, He literally had no models in his life that showed that what you just did scared me. Like, let's talk about that. Uh, he didn't have, he doesn't have the capacity for that. Didn't have the capacity. Maybe he will in the future. Uh, so the reason I bring that up is even when I was, uh, not showing up in a way that I wanted to, when they were younger, there were lessons in there for them and reflecting on it that way allows me to just accept the way I was as a dad, and you know when you're unconscious you just don't know there's 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 nothing to do about it and now that i'm conscious you know kind of consciously parenting uh it'd be very easy to uh be be really hard on myself about some of the stuff i did and the ways i acted uh and a lot of it was just based in fear and i didn't know how to hold that fear and share that with them so I would say that yes, today or when y'all have kids, you'll be in a much different place than I was. But if you weren't, it would still be part, like it's what part of the kid's journey, you know? Yeah.
0: I mean, listen, when I look back on my upbringing, I mean, every man's burden is the heaviest is one of my favorite quotes by Bob Marley. So we each experience different levels of trauma, right? But subjectively, we each feel pain to the degree that we feel it. So when I talk about my childhood, uh, on the surface, materially, you could say it would be worse than many others. Uh, Some of the abuse and abandonment and neglect and things like that that took place. But I know people that had it, quote, end quote, much worse than I, right? But each of us experience, experience it in our own way. But as tough as some of the things were about my childhood, because I've been driven to do a lot of inner work, I look back on it and see how it was all perfectly orchestrated, <laughs> even some of the things that were quite dark. Um, and I don't know that I would go back and have it be any different because then I would be a different person. And I enjoy the person that I am most of the time now. Yeah. Now, which is incredible after. Being someone who had an immense amount of self hatred and loathing for most of my life, um, earlier life, maybe the first half. I'm kind of in the second half now and coming out of that. But man, it, it, I think that I chose the circumstances of my life before I came here, and I knew the family lineage, I knew the dysfunction there. Uh, I knew the potential for addiction. I knew the potential for disintegration of the family unit or it never existing. And I chose that. I want those parents. It was perfect for my soul's evolution. Now, would it have been perfect if I didn't have the wherewithal and the grace to take those experiences and use them as grist for the mill for my soul's evolution? I don't know. I mean, maybe this lifetime would have been a wash and I would have become a, a incorrigible drug addict that never got sober, end up in the prison system, or whatever the worst fate could be for someone who endures a lot of um, abuse as a kid. But for me, it was perfect because it gave me incentive to grow spiritually and continues to. I mean, I still am always poking out little threads of the shadow self, right? Just unseen, hidden nuances and fears and um, things that are yet to be healed. But for the most part, I feel pretty complete, you know, and I'm, I mean, I'm 50. I've been working at this for over two decades, really diligently also. Uh, But for the most part, it's just, I find I just take it all much less serious. Right. So I look on the child and it's like, yeah, it was rough, but look what came out of it. You know, now I have a life that's dedicated to service and there's, I don't know that you could take a kid and convince them like, being of service to humanity is the true road to inner fulfillment, happiness, peace, all the things that I find in my life. Now you can read it in a book. Your mom or dad can tell you that, but until you have that lived experience and feel the depth of that, um, the depth of meaning that one's life can take on as a result of that initial suffering, it's incredible. So I wouldn't encourage anyone to put themselves in harm's way in order to have that experience, because there are many roads, uh, (laughs) you know, that that lead to the same heaven. (laughs) Uh, It hasn't been an easy journey, but for me, it's just like, I'm so grateful for every experience that I've had. And and also so grateful for the mistakes that I made. I mean, the first half of my life, I was incredibly selfish and self-centered. I was just so locked into survival mode and addiction and was so um let's go there let's go there a little bit deeper for for people who aren't familiar with your story
1: i I would love you know the story of luke's story yeah yeah it's it that and and before you go there just just for people who aren't familiar with the concept that as souls uh we choose the family the mom dad that that we incarnate into on this earth. And that's what you were speaking to. So if people aren't familiar with what Luke was referring to, that's kind of this at a soul level before we're, you know, become into this world.
0: Well, in my experience, and I say experience on purpose because it's not a belief because I heard a spiritual teacher say this, but there's an Mm -hmm. inner knowing. And through a lot of the deep work that I've done um, with and without plant medicines, It's so abundantly clear to me that this lifetime as this person is a scene in a movie that has no beginning and no end. And it's just a clip. This lifetime is just gone. It's just one of who knows, right? An infinite, probably number of lifetimes as an individual point of consciousness that now happens to be in this body with these circumstances. So when I say that, It's from the perspective of pre-birth and being part of the collective consciousness as not an individual person, but still yet an individual soul that's on this journey as an expression of God that then chooses the circumstances of their birth uh, in order to fulfill the mission of that lifetime. And uh, who knows how many lifetimes I wasted and squandered, right? And just fucked off. I didn't make any progress. But when I started to understand this framework and really find the purpose of life and also the purpose of much of the things that we interpret as suffering, then I have some work to do. That gets exciting to me because now there's a reason why each and every experience, whether I judge that to be negative or positive is happening. And it's a matter of transmuting something that I perceive to be negative as an event in my life into a lesson. And that used to happen much slower, where I would look back on the past and say, ah, in hindsight, I see why X, Y, and Z happen and look at the benefit that I derive from that in the end. Whereas now there's more of this sort of open awareness and radical open mindedness, where even in the midst of a moment in which I feel pain or discomfort or want things to be different than they are, uh, I find a lot of solace in knowing that it's all being orchestrated and I have very little to do with which direction this goes. If I can align myself with the will of creation, that will wants me to continually evolve and wants my consciousness to be on a gradual incline. And so each little plateau or even a short decline along that become less meaningful and less threatening or depressing, frankly, because I still know that it's all part of the incline. And for those that can see the video, you know, my hands are climbing and then you have a dip, but all the while, because of one's commitment to their own evolution and their commitment to whatever they perceive God to be, there's always a moving closer to that source of all life and the source of all reality that we experience. So that's kind of, a, you know, to explain the nature of the universe in 30 seconds, but that's what I mean when I say I chose those experiences. And I know for someone who's been uh, traumatized, that could be difficult to take in and triggered. Mm-hmm. What do you mean I chose this, these parents and these abusers and perpetrators? Um, so there's a fine line there between guilt and responsibility. And I think that uh, I've had to really work through some of the some of the nuances of that so that I could find true forgiveness for some of the people that have harmed me in my life. And also more than anything, forgiveness to myself for my imperfections and knowing that all human beings are innately flawed as hell. (laughs) I was thinking about this on the way over here, (laughs) you know, it's just like as perfect as I try to be. And I have such high ideals and aspirations for myself and the kind of character I want to walk with in this world. Uh, it's really actually comforting to know that that one is going to make mistakes constantly and that other people that you're involved with are going to make mistakes that at times either irritate or harm you in some way. And with that understanding and an acceptance and a surrender to that as being the nature of reality as being a human being, everything gets much lighter. There's not so much attachment to the duality of right wrong should shouldn't. Even with what's going on in the world right now, it's like you can get so myopic about it. And from my point of view, and I don't want to get off on this thread because it'll totally derail the whole conversation probably. But <laughs> when you look at the power structures in the world right now and the moves that they're making that are subjugating the fundamental rights of every living being, and they've been doing it for a long time, it just happens to me a more acute um, time for that. And people are waking up to it. Yeah. Even, so even acute. looking at that though, they're, There is a non-dualistic viewpoint that one can have that this is all part of a great evolution collectively, just as my own evolution has been uh, mirroring that all along. So I could look at myself at 30 years old and how unconscious I was, let's say, around um, relationships and sexuality. I look back now and I'm just appalled at my behavior. So there's a bit of, again, that forgiveness of like, hey, Luke, you did as well as you could. Uh, with the information you had at that time, but that was necessary for me to go through that stage of unconsciousness in order for me to find that there are higher levels of relating with people. And so that's individual and it's also collective and looking at all of that from the lens that everything is exactly how it's supposed to be at all times and removing my judgments about the way that my intellect or positionality wants it to be or not be, um, makes life, much more fun and playful. And at the same time, one can still elect to make tough choices and to live within integrity and to stand up for what's right, but to focus on one's radiation of light and positivity and love into the world rather than focusing on other people's faults and fighting that darkness. It's about making one's light brighter. I want to take a moment to share with you my brand new eyewear company called Gilded by Luke Story. My goal with creating this brand was to tackle the problem of blue light and bad fashion design with one simple solution. Blue light is a color of light needed during the day, especially at sunrise from its natural source, the sun, to release cortisol, promote alertness and focus, and to set our body's natural circadian rhythm. Artificial blue light from sources such as device screens, TVs, street lamps, city lights, and car lights is a distorted color of light with detrimental effects on our health. So taking in artificial blue light after dark tricks our bodies into thinking it's still daylight, which disrupts our circadian rhythm and prevents restorative sleep. Taking in artificial blue light during the day is disruptive to our health because it lacks the healing red and infrared light with which blue light is balanced in sunlight. And a disrupted circadian rhythm and lack of great sleep leads to a decrease in vitality and to long-term chronic health issues such as obesity, anxiety, depression, diabetes, cancer, neurodegenerative diseases, heart disease, and autoimmune diseases. Exposure to artificial blue light during the day also leads to the above effects as well as to eye strain and a decrease in energy and brain function. So by wearing gilded blue light blocking day lenses, you will block 100% of the damaging artificial blue light at 455 nanometers as measured across the light spectrum. And by wearing the gilded blue light blocking night lenses, you expand that blue light blocking coverage even further to 550 nanometers into the range of disruptive green light. What's also really cool is that gilded glasses are made by using a proprietary blend of pigments, including melanin, which is infused directly into the lenses to fully block harmful blue light. So by using the gilded glasses to block the harmful blue light during the day and night, you're going to set your body's natural circadian rhythm, which will give you the good sleep you need to wake up healthy, healed, and energized, and will also set your circadian rhythm for the next night of healthy sleep. To check out my new line of men and women's eyewear, go to gildedbylukestory.com. That's G-I-L-D-E-D, gildedbylukestory.com. You
1: nailed it on a couple levels, several levels, but as the individual, you talk about experience, and that's a big thing for me as well. What's your direct experience with whatever? Then you can speak about it versus something you read in a book or heard on this podcast, like have your own experience. And also when you're in, you feel like you're in a bit of darkness and you're in a real challenging place. If you can just sink into, there's a reason that I I don't, I'm not, it, it hasn't emerged yet why I'm going through this much. Like you talked about being unconscious. Like I, I bring this up a lot from from my own self. A lot of times I need to, quote unquote, fuck something up and just do it wrong to understand that that's not the way. And then hopefully I come to the side that feels more in alignment with who I am. And then bringing it to the collective, which I think is really important for people in this time, doesn't mean just sit around and let things happen, but understand that, What's happening in the world is just super challenging and there's a lot of tension. There's a reason for this that just hasn't shown itself to us. exactly. And it's yeah. arguably that the system needs to be purged or abandoned. There's something that needs to shift and it's becoming super clear for so many people. Unfortunately, I think for, for you and I, we're like, I wish more people would, would kind of see this, but that's okay. Maybe it's not their soul's journey in this lifetime to wake up to it. And, that, and that's okay. And like when I, when I sink into that, I stop trying to convince people of shit. I just like, okay, what's my truth? How can I share my light in a way that will support others in their questioning of what's going on and, and not trigger? And I'm going to trigger some people, but it's not for the sake of triggering. I'm not, that's not my energy. I just want to share things that I think are interesting and that are maybe counter to what we're, we're led to believe, what we're taught to believe, what we're conditioned to believe, right? The, the name of the podcast, The Great Unlearned. It's like, can we just, you know, to be in an unlearning is to question, kind of question it all. And where does my belief come from? Is it my belief? Is it something that's been impressed upon me? arguably a lot of these things have been and to just stand in the kind of the courage of it. And to also, you know, you brought up this, like life can be fun and playful and it's like, don't take shit so seriously. It doesn't mean you don't have serious circumstances to deal with things. You have to do hard things, but just to zoom out a little bit, I'm like, Oh, there's something going on here. That's super tense.
0: I don't know what it is, but. It's to be in the world and not of the world. It's, it's, it really is. It's the, it's the shamanic way. And I'm not a shaman, but I know a few. Yeah, you do. It's, you know, it's finding that balance of doing your earthly duties and being here and accepting the fact that you are part of humanity right now, however flawed they might be. Uh, But also yet what we're experiencing really is a holographic simulation, (laughs) you know, and there's so much more interdimensionally, that is here right now everywhere that's omniscient that we also have the ability to stay in touch with right now if one goes too far that way then you sort of lose the purpose of being incarnated and doing your work here because if Mm -hmm. we were meant to live in the etheric realms all the time we wouldn't be in a body right and um, who knows what happens in between times in which we occupy a body we don't remember when we're in a body again we forget and then we have to re-remember but uh, one point I wanted to bring up that's so critical, and I love the the great unlearn, because in my experience, in in any evolution that I've made, it's not been about the acquisition of more knowledge or adding more truth. It's kind of an oxymoron. So if I'm living in illusion, you would think, well, I need to go add more truth, but it's really about discarding things that I think I know or that I used to know or ways in which I used to think opinions, um, attachments, positionalities that I find myself clinging to and being willing continually to let them go. And what's revealed when falsehood is surrendered is universal fundamental truth. So it really is about subtraction, not addition. In other words, it's those things of myself that are not truly who I am that I can learn how to identify on a day-to-day basis and surrender and let go of. And what is revealed is an integrous, complete, whole, blissful entity that's here on earth in a body doing my thing in earth school, right? And this removes so much of our argument, and vilification of other or of the ways in which we think the world should work and people should act. It's like a, it's an actualization of live and let live, right? It's just about taking personal responsibility, not only for my own actions, but my thoughts, my feelings, and more than anything, my perception of the way I think things are and unlearning what I think I know is actually much less worse than, work than trying to take on something new right it's just discard so on the way over here actually no, on the way to my house this morning i was really frustrated this morning I was in a hurry all this stuff i'm like oh, i got to go deal with the contractor again as soon as i have that thought it's not even like i go through this mental process but it's more of an automated process wherein i see that that thought of what a pain in the ass this is to have to have to go do this. That's not actually true. What's true is I'm so fortunate, so blessed to be in the opportunity for the first time in my life to own my own home, relatively speaking, because the bank really owns it, but I get possession <laughs> of it. Right. For a while. Yeah, That's a whole nother podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's, for me, the game is about discarding untruths as quickly as possible because the mind is always going to present an idea to try to anchor itself to something that helps you to process the feeling that you have. so you calm morning, your nervous system. yeah, so this morning, I felt frustration. So then the mind goes, "Let me find where this frustration is and start firing arrows at every one of those points of contact with this frustration." But the governor, is my soul, my spirit, my higher self that that knows the absolute underlying truth of the situation, which is you are so fortunate and so blessed and you have so much grace in this moment. Let's change our perception of the situation and immediately the outer manifestation of that changes. And that's what happened this morning. It's a great example. It, It just kind of came to mind, but I'm all pissed off getting in my car I'm not very kind to my fiance. I mean, I you're didn't, missing your fucking Wednesday workout yeah, with the guys. I didn't, I didn't do anything you know, to her, but I was just frustrated and she knows she just gives me space and sends me love and whatever. She's not energetically. Co- she felt like She's, you're but I, closed if, off. And if the tables were turned and she was having a moment like that, I would have compassion for her, but I would prefer that it's not that way. Yeah. So I'm sure it wasn't the happiest energy when I was leaving the house, but in the process of driving over there, just reframing, recontextualizing very quickly that no, today is something that I should be so, not should, but I have the opportunity to be so grateful for. And by the time I got there, I was in a great mood. I was super happy to see the contractor. I had my list. I was organized in my cognition and my ability to articulate what I want and what I don't want and was very centered, got it done, made it here right at, well, 1103, I think technically, but everything was fine in the past that moment of frustration could have led to a cascade of negative thoughts and critique of others critique of myself and just you know an absolute bog and in, an inescapable fuck. yeah an inescapable bog of negativity that would have colored my whole day and not only my my own day but anyone that i interact with is going to get try to fuck me up yeah <laughs> they're going to get peripheral uh You know, energetic imprints of my energy because everyone I interact with that day is going to be getting that version of me. So it's not like I had to add anything. I had to get rid of the falsehood of that experience and the lies that my intellect was starting to present to me in order to make sense of it and to just off-gas some of that stress. You know, so it's, I don't know, it's fun. I think this shit is fun. Yeah. You know, it's like, how, how fast can I get at getting back into truth? and surrendering the juice and the temporary and false reward of being right and of being indignant and being frustrated or mad at others it's like imagine and i'm not saying i'm the model human i mean i have my faults as i've said uh, hopefully i've <laughs> impressed that upon the audience but you know imagine if every social justice warrior was doing work on themselves and nothing against people that fight for causes and protect the innocent and all that. Like I much respect that, but a lot of what we see in uh, today's political and social climate is, you know, with the cancel culture and all of this finger pointing and name calling. It's like, imagine if we were each just building love, compassion, awareness, integrity, all of those fundamental values that make person whole and complete imagine if each individual was just working on that within themselves and the reverberation of that through every person they interact with every day it's like you wouldn't need to have in some cases probably even a group of people that are performing that enforcement of social justice because there would inherently be justice because justice is a universal fundamental principle that's put here by creation in order for things to work, and it's only when we step in with our unhealed shit mm. and our inability to do self-inquiry and to be honest with ourselves and to, and to unlearn and discard those things that uh, present as feelings or thoughts that aren't true. Imagine if each of us was just laser-focused on finding the truth in every millisecond of our experience and doing our best using our our willpower and our alignment with source power to get back into truth and integrity. And I'm not saying that the world needs to do that. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a vision, you know, imagine that how different things would be. Cause I know every person that I'm around today is going to benefit much more from that 10 minute drive I had this morning where I just went regroup. Nope. We're not, this is not the kind of day we're having. I mean, I've felt really Kind, and I I think I was kind to all the workers at the house. I really took a moment to thank each one of them and look them in the eye and acknowledge them. If I hadn't had the ability to get myself back to zero point, I would have looked at them with a sort of um, gauze, you know, in between us where I couldn't really see them or acknowledge them or feel them and know that they have families and they have their own problems and maybe they were stressed out on the way to work, right? It's like I would have had a totally kind of cocooned self-centered experience of that. And now I'm going to go do an interview or host an interview after this with someone else. And I'm going to be so much more dialed in just from that, just from unlearning, surrendering, letting go, discarding, getting rid of the bullshit, move the clouds and the sun's right there. Sun sun was never gone. Same way with God. There's a great saying I love. um, If you can't find God, guess who moved? (laughs) You know, it's like, it's like, we don't have to go to a mountaintop in Tibet to find God. We just have to remove whatever it is in our experience. That's blocking us from tangibly mm. experiencing mm. God. And that's unlearning. That's you. This is a fucking major plug for unlearning. I love it. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, it's so in alignment with my experience. Well, and life. I think I think what what goes
1: uh, hand in hand with that is curiosity, right? And compat like you, you you had some self-compassion for the story that was coming up. You showed yourself some grace in changing that. You didn't beat yourself up about the thoughts you were having, and you created enough space for you to change the story. And then by doing that, you got to the, the house. And you were able to see those men that were working as you. Yeah. You saw you in them.
0: Yeah. And it's so easy to (laughs) not do that. Well, it's funny because when you said that I didn't beat myself up, that was another thing to discard, too. I I had a really brief thought uh, that would have been something to the effect of oh, look at Mr. Spiritual. Yeah. Right? Fuck yeah how long you been meditating, <laughs> you know, but then there, there it is. It's that same, it's that same story, you know, without that story, I'm perfect. And so is everyone else, even the people that I don't agree with. And that's, that's tough for people. I think in, you know, going back to that, the prevalence of social justice, which from one standpoint is necessary because we do need justice, right? I mean, someone has to protect people that are being um, exploited and abused, right? But so much of that is in our perception of the way we think things need to be, you know. And so, in looking at one's own imperfections and loving oneself through that, so much of the judgment for other people can also be discarded. But the the hook there for some is that they can't separate condoning someone's wrongdoings. With not finding the person or people's or entity wrong in and of itself, right? So it's kind of the difference between shame and guilt. Like, I might think you do something against me that I see as a transgression, and perhaps you should have a healthy sense of regret, if not, just a taste of guilt, some healthy guilt, right? <laughs> but that's about what you did, not who you are. And even whereas shame is about who you are, so I shame you is a much different and much less productive point of view than even shaming your behavior or your actions. And this is my own work because there are people of immense wealth and power in the world right now that I see that are doing incredibly sadistic and destructive uh, acts to humanity at large. I mean, it is just absolutely off the charts. But even from my judgmental point of view, the worst perpetrators of them all in each moment of their day are literally doing what they believe to be right. Now, I don't believe it's right. That's right. Okay. To, you know, there's f- your condoning force, a, I'm not condoning it. Force a needle into someone's arm or what, whatever, to falsify data, to shut down the world. Uh, you know, these kind of things, It's like, I don't have to condone it or go along with it. And I can stand up for what I think is right. But I know that each perpetrator is but a victim of their own circumstance. Yeah. So it's very, it's very nuanced, right? Yeah. So again, it's, I can't do anything to change the overlords and their abuse of humankind. But what I can do is I can touch one person at a time with my kindness and if I'm in the position to stop a perpetrator, because I do have some power in that moment, I could be walking down the street and see a little old lady being mugged. Well, I'm not just going to stand there in that moment and say, oh, they're doing the best they can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? And They were probably abused as a child. So I'll just <laughs> let them have their way with the old lady. No, man, that animal instinct is going to kick in and I'm going to stop it, right? But I'm not going to hate the perpetrator because the perpetrator is just acting on their own trauma and acting on their own suffering. So sometimes there is time to step in. But in most cases in my life, when I'm like, screw the man, it's really a trap because then I'm leaking energy that could be used constructively to affect the people in my immediate surroundings. Why don't I call my mom? Ooh, Right? Why Ooh. don't I repair that relationship that's maybe been a bit, you know, sparse or rocky in some cases, uh, why don't I call an ex and make an earnest amends to them for my behavior? Like start right here, start at home. And then if I happen to be walking down the street and someone, you know, an innocent victim is being harmed, yeah, then I'll know what to do in that moment. But for me to sit in my experience daily, hating others that I believe to be wrong, I don't find to be productive and actually just drains my own vitality too. And it's tricky with what's going on now, because it's so fascinating to see the state of the world and the dopamine addiction of checking in on my telegram channels and places where I get alternative information. I mean, it's like, you want to know, but really what good does it do? Because what power do I really have to stop it? Zooming back out again to, Hey, I have no idea what's on the other side of this in 20 years, perhaps we have a totally new monetary system. We have a whole new system of government of the people for the people. I mean, who knows, right? All family systems, cultures that have been um, decimated throughout the world by these imperialistic freaks. He <laughs> said <you know>,
1: that with no judgment.
0: Yeah. I'm so compassionate. But, you know, they say ruin the soil in their country. So they have to go to Brazil and take over. You know, a tribe's territory. You know, this kind of thing. It's like we don't know that that's not what's on the other side of this. Mm. I can only see up until this point. Well, I see what they did in World War One, World War Two. I look at Mao, Stalin, Hitler, Lenin, etc. Right, and I'm not even a history buff or expert, but I get the basic gist of where socialism devolves into communism and kind of where that goes. And then I see the signs of that happening in this country. It's like, oh, we gotta stop all the politicians. It's no perhaps we just need to elevate consciousness and not ignore or shove to the shadows, the things that are going on. But is that really where the work is? You know, perhaps for some like a, a Del big tree, like maybe that warrior energy is part of the, the up leveling and moving forward, but we really don't know where we are. Just like if you would have looked at my life at 26 to your question earlier, I'll give you the cliff notes. I, I was just a terribly, um, addicted person, you know, uh, heroin, crack, alcohol, all the things since I was pretty young. And uh, how long did that period last? Oh, from about eight or nine to eight
1: or nine. 20, What's the, what happened in eight 26. or nine?
0: What were you uh, response to trauma? But what was the, I guess the, oh, the, the smoking weed, doing Coke, stuff like that. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, it's just to the point. If you would have looked at my life at 25, okay, the year before I got sober, you wouldn't know what was coming on the other 24 years of that, where we are now, 25 years of that. So it's like, at that point, you could look in a myopic sense, this person's life is over. They've made every bad decision that one could make. They've harmed so many other people. They've decimated what little life they've had and you would judge that as being bad. But if you look at what's transpired since, and not only how much I've been able to grow and evolve from the root of that suffering as a motivator to find truth about myself, about the nature of things, to to build a, a loving, trusting relationship with God, to look at that now, that's what was necessary at that time so if you zoom out on the collective to where we are right now it appears to me that we're hitting bottom in the way that i did personally and we have no idea what's on the other side of this it could be utter utopia but whatever it's going to be is going to be the will of whatever it was that created all of this and all of the karmic wheels of implication that have brought us to the point we are as a species on this planet So I'm doing my best to reframe what's going on as terrifying as it is, and as pissed as it makes me sometimes to just go, Hey, wait, we just don't know the end of this story yet. Right. We really don't know how this is going to turn out. So we, we do our best to stand for what's right, to speak our truth, to stay in our own integrity, to do our own work, to heal ourselves. And we can only hope that if enough of us do that, that the overall level of consciousness of humankind will be elevated to the point where we don't devolve into a Nazi Germany or some of the worst examples you could see, you know, communist China under Mao. I mean, like those things weren't that long ago. <laughs> yeah. This, you know, we think, oh, that's history. Uh, that was like a generation ago. Like we're not that far from that. So to think that that couldn't happen would be naive, but to sit around worrying about it or vilifying those that are uh, leading us in that direction or those that are sheepishly following those leaders into that direction, I don't find it that productive. And this is my own work. I mean, I'm not perfect at this. I'm, I'm inherently a freedom fighter and I believe in the human spirit and our God given right to be free as long as we're not harming other people. Like that's kind of my motto. Um, do no harm, take no shit. I think is a good Mm. summary of that. (laughs) I like that. It's not original, but I like it too. I I don't know where it came from, but it's, it's a pretty balanced way to live, you know? So I don't know. That's, that's kind of where, where I am in this human experience right now is just kind of oscillating between having some awareness about what's going on in the world, doing small things that I can to have perhaps uh, open people's minds to a different point of view or um, give people access to information that they won't find on their TV, things like that. But I have to just remind myself that um, my perception is just my perception. And that does not dictate how things actually are because my perception is unable to go into the future. And also my perception is unable but- to, to dictate how things are supposed to be. How do I know we're not supposed to be at war all the time and famine and all the things that we would like to stop? I, maybe that's part of the game. And you just individually do as good a job as you can at being human and loving on yourself and loving on as many other people as you can. And when you're put in a position uh, where you can affect change outwardly, then you do so. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think
1: one, one point is uh, I would say your perception does go into the future, but does a poor job of predicting the
0: future, <laughs> yeah, totally. right? But yeah. we
1: don't realize yeah. that we continue to predict and we continue to get an F on that. And, yeah. but one, I'd love to drill down on this idea because alternative news networks, right? Which you're going to get on Google, what you're going to get on Fox on social media, it's, it's all, there's, there's an underlying kind of uh, this idea to keep you showing you what you really want to see and then showing the worst of what you're against. And so to really root you in that side. uh, I have been very careful with the exception of a couple of weeks ago I just felt called to share what I thought was really interesting information about um, the jab that people are getting and that people are really incentivized to get. And so I, you know, for a day, I posted a bunch of stuff on my story and it actually, it felt good. It felt like this is how I feel. And, And so to get that out felt really good. But what I've, realized lately I've started to unsubscribe to some emails that I've been getting that are maybe a little more, uh, (laughs) they're in the similar bent of alternative news, but it's more sensational. And I could feel myself, I I wouldn't read the articles or watch the videos, but I could just, the headlines were triggering me. And uh, I feel like i'm i'm in this season where i'm pulling away from those things and trying to tap into like what what do i know what what feels right and then and there's almost like on the other side of that again i don't need to convince anybody um that this is right and and how to share it and so i'm i'm kind of like trying to navigate that right now It's like holding both being informed uh, and also sharing information with people really close to me, maybe people on social media, but it's a really, it's it's kind of been an odd dance for me because I, what I found is I'm not really sharing anything, which I'm totally fine with. I don't feel like I need to share shit, but I also, it, it, it saddens me when people are so uninformed and, you know, I, Posted this week, I uh, had Mickey Willis on on the podcast and uh, posted the trailer on Instagram. And there were a few people that had a real problem with him, a real problem, and it was based around him being at the insurrection
0: January sixth. <laughs> oh God! Right? That's funny. And you know, Mickey, insurrection—that is hilarious. That in and of itself is hilarious. Right, and can, there's, it, can it be insurrection if the, if the doors are opened for you by security and they just let you in?
1: But they're, they're, they're putting all their information. Uh, I know, I know. And they said that he gave his speech after stor- they stormed the Capitol. It's like, that's actually not what happened. He had gone to one place near the Capitol. They were letting people in. He commented on that. He went back, gave his speech. Then he went to the Capitol when he was up at the doors telling people to cut the shit, stop pushing. He got pepper sprayed. But people still are saying that he, after they stormed the Capitol, broke the windows, did whatever they did, he went on stage and talked about how great that was. And it's like, fuck people, that's not the truth. Yeah. And so I stood up for that in a you know in an open-hearted way. I said, This is not the actual timeline. And you know, this is this is how I know Mickey. And this is how a lot of people here know Mickey. They know Mickey. And when I see what happened to him on social media, I understand why, you know, when you put out a movie like Plandemic Indoctrination, you're gonna piss off some really powerful people. And so there's this balance of, I don't wanna get in the weeds you know, commenting on all this stuff. So I I made a few comments that I'll just leave it at that just to try to give a different lens for people. And if they don't want to believe it, that's, that's okay too. But there's like, how do you balance that part where you're getting this information? Like you and I probably have similar news sources and see the world through a similar
0: lens. What do you do with that? It's tricky because all of humankind has been subject to some form of trauma or another some of us maybe more than others right? when you're traumatized it damages your limbic brain and the limbic brain then gets programmed to being receptive to if not addicted to more trauma because of the familiarity so when I see a post like that on one of the alternative news channels, I can feel myself light up. It's like, Oh, this is juicy. Mm. And it's kind of a, it's a fear porn kind of response, you know, where you're like, okay, what's the next person say in the next person and, and whatnot. So I think the first thing for me is understanding that it's my brain that wants to keep going back for that. Right. But there is more legitimately or maybe holistically a part of my higher self that is actually curious about and finds value in seeing what other humans are up to, right? It's like to just completely ignore it um, would be very difficult and would be a pretty elevated stance to take. I mean, I imagine that is sort of uh, that kind of discipline or nonchalant perspective would be reserved for enlightened humans, you know, sure. of yeah. which there are probably very few at any given time on the planet. They come and they go. There never seem to be too many of them at once, you know, and, <laughs> and they most for the most part um, um acquire some notoriety because they're so unique, because they just laugh at the problems in the world. And not because they don't care, but they're so unattached because they're freaking enlightened. So somewhere between enlightenment And being completely captured by your limbic brain exists a balance. And I don't know that I've been able to master that. I do know, however, that I feel better in my skin the less I pay attention to the drama. Yes. But to completely just turn it all off and just go, eh, let the world do what they want to do. I'm just going to be with me. I don't know. That's tough especially when you feel like "Ah, there's some part of my calling that makes me want to sound the alarm. And like you said, Hey, some people are going to hear the alarm. Some people are going to think the alarm is fake. Some of them are going to disagree. Some of them are going to go, Holy shit. Thank you. Oh my God. I was about to go to the CVS today and get that, you know? Yeah. And you send, I mean, like I have information that I don't know how any logical human being could see this with any degree of adult cognitive ability and be like yeah I'll go do that but hey they do um but it's also not my job to save everyone you know so mm-hmm. I think for me it's like I don't know I I share things in the way that I'm doing today and and do my best to give a bit of a zoomed out perspective even if I maybe personally haven't mastered that yet I'm not enlightened as far as I can tell because I'm still very human but I can share some of the things I find when it feels right. And I think I've found kind of a sweet spot for myself where I just don't want to be in the battle all the time. And I know that things are going to work out how they're supposed to work out. And some people are going to make it through and some people aren't going to make it through. And it's not my job to save everyone. You know, if somebody comes to me and says, Hey Luke, what do you think about X, Y, and Z? Then I feel much more inclined to share with them rather than pushing my opinions and my perspective down everyone's throat. Cause again, I don't know. Maybe, maybe if the population of the earth is cut down by whatever percentage, it's going to be great. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's a good way forward, but it seems to be, um, pretty clearly part of the agenda. I just don't know who, who, who am I to say? I'm not not omniscient, I'm not all knowing, but am I gonna do what I can to stop that within reason and within my means? Yeah, but again, to me, within my means is more about helping people wake up spiritually to the truth of who and what they really are. And I think as we wake up spiritually, and I don't mean like saying a couple of and doing yoga here and there, that's part of it maybe, that's some of the activities of being spiritual or meditating, but really, really starting to align ourselves with whatever it is that created us and created this whole game. I think that we start to become much more discerning as we wake up and much harder to manipulate by either side of the, um, the argument, right? From the far out extreme conspiracy theorists to the complete mainline media, corporate media. uh, I think as we wake up, we find a little bit of balance and we can see the bias on both sides and maybe not take everything we hear from the alternative news sources, hook, line, and sinker. I mean, you think about something like QAnon, like that shit always felt weird to me. <laughs> I was like, you guys are in fantasy land, or this is a total psyop just to derail people from a mission that might be effective at change. Um, but you look at that and it's like, wow, this, these people are no offense to people that bought into that, but I, I've not seen much or any of that come true. You know, um, Kennedy, uh, John F. Kennedy's son certainly hasn't come back, you know, from the dead like they claimed he was. Oh, is that to. right? Yeah, there's all kinds of weird stuff, all sorts of kooky stuff about that's you know, a heavy Trump lift Trump being the savior of the world, and then he just comes out with Operation Warp Speed. I'm like, how is that it? But, um, yeah, so but then again, if you if you turn on TV programming, it's not e- called programming by mistake, right? And it's television, tell a vision. (laughs) So, you know, where do we find uh, the pendulum meet in the middle there? And again, I think that just has to do with each of our individual spiritual awakenings, where we can actually step out of that whole duality and know who and what we really are. And then from that position, be better informed about how we might be able to contribute and to be of service to others. And for some that might be the warrior archetype for some that might be the love and light archetype. And there's a place at the table for everyone who wants to contribute to the future and the well-being for all of us, but it starts with each of us. And so am I going to be more effective in making a contribution to the world today? If I'm glued to my phone and looking at all these scary statistics and people collapsing after they get that thing and all the weird shit that's going on? Probably not. You know, so I either don't look at it or I look at it and I give myself like, all right, quick check-in, but we're not going to be on this all day. Like refresh, refresh, refresh. Yeah. You know, now you have the Fauci emails that came out and Oh, they did. Uh, Yeah. It's like a WikiLeaks kind of thing where he says like (laughs) internal emails to Obama staffers masks are bullshit. They don't work. It's not necessary. I mean, stuff like that, you know? So I'm like, Oh, we win. We're winning. We're winning, you know, but then I'm back in the win lose because then someone on CNN is going to come squash that and claim that they're fake or, you know what I mean? It's like, you're just back in the illusion and the distractions And then losing sight of what really matters. And again, that's, you know, your relationship with your kids, your wife, like your immediate family, the people that you interact with, that's where the change happens is inside my own heart and my own devotion to God, as I understand God. And from there, there grows that gap of separation, right? Between who and what I really am as Consciousness and open awareness to where I'm not so tethered to all the drama of the human experience at large or the interpersonal drama either. Like this morning, how I just overcame my own little micro drama. I mean, that same method of just discarding falsehood and questioning one's own thoughts and beliefs on an ongoing basis has the ability to set you free where you can kind of go. Hey, whatever's supposed to happen happens, man. If the Gestapo is going to show up at my house and stick a needle in my arm at gunpoint, well, then I'll know what to do in that moment. <laughs> you know, but sitting around in a limbic system, adrenalized cortisol filled panic is not going to make me any more effective today. That's so, beautiful. Yeah. I, yeah.
1: Think, I think you're right. And you, you we get a wrap here. Um, I just, just again, to, to, for people listening, I think one of the most important things you said is, I don't know. And I think if we can come yeah. at all of this with that, that intention and then come through with curiosity behind it, like what, and then go from the head, right? All the shit that's up in the head and, and what feels right for you, which is hard for a lot of people, cause they've been told their entire life to not trust their gut, to do this, do that, don't do this you know, whether it's the school system or your parents who were trying to raise you the right way, but they were basically overriding your intuition. And so I think that's a lot of work. That's the work for a lot of us. Um, But I love that. Um, And listen, people, Luke's in Austin. We're going to do this again. Don't worry. A lot more where this came from. Uh, Where can people find you? By the way, I want to share with people, people who are watching on the live stream, Luke and I have uh we've been enjoying some feel free which is a kava and Kratom
0: tonic that uh we both enjoy oh man I love it. that's the best precursor that combo right there is the ultimate precursor to a great conversation and that precursor this is
1: something that Luke introduced me to called is it meditation I can't read meditation Medi- mist yeah and where can you where can they find that uh, that go is- to your uh,
0: you can Point go of- to, you can go to mitozen.com slash Luke. They're one of my affiliates. And that's not why we mentioned it. We just love it. Um, but it's a guy named Dr. John Lawrence, who Ben Greenfield introduced me to. He's out of Sarasota, Florida, and he makes all these amazing formulas, um, suppositories, nasal sprays, stuff you use in a nebulizer, really cool stuff. But that is oxytocin um, and Hopay, uh, an Amazonian tobacco herbal blend and essential oils. And it's just incredible. Yeah. Mitozen.com slash Luke. It's rad stuff.
1: Awesome. And then go to Botanic Tonics to get feel
0: free. Cal50 for, yeah, 50% off by one. Yeah. Damn bro. I'm going to be using your code. Yeah. You... Yeah. For you guys on, on the live. <laughs> This is the little feel-free uh bottle really amazing stuff honestly and then I,
1: we've, we've been enjoying some uh, a little tobacco tea and herbs compliments of the vaporizer the stores and bickle vaporizer we don't have a code for that unfortunately but I got introduced that uh introduced
0: to this through Paul check ah yes that makes sense which which makes me feel like I'm in a good path a lot of people I know and in, in our circles find something cool and I hear that so often like oh I found about from Paul check. Yes. <laughs> it happens a lot. Yeah. So where can people find you? Oh, you can find me. Uh, my podcast is called the life stylist, the life stylist podcast. And, uh, have been doing that for six years now and have people on like, uh, Joe Dispenza and Dr. Bruce Lipton and Byron Katie, Sharon Salzberg, spiritual teachers, uh, teachers of metaphysics, meditation, all that. And then, uh, probably about 50% alternative health and biohacking and, all the the big names in that space, uh, too. Cause it's, you know, it's a whole mind, body, spirit thing. So the lifestylist then my website is, uh, at, uh, no, what is it? No, that's at go before social media. It's www.lukestory.com. <laughs> yeah. That's my site. And on Instagram, I'm at Luke story. And we'll link to all
1: that in the show notes, but sure. thank you, brother. Thank it's you. So great to have you here today. Yeah, I'm glad we finally got awesome. it done. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Much love.